So, Father Heart, this is a message that is very, very important to me, as I'm sure it is to you guys. Um, going to the school ministry about like eight years ago, nine years ago, um, God just wrecked my heart uh, in this message, in this revelation. Does anybody know Barry Adams? Heard Barry Adams speak before. He's a, he's a big Father Heart guy in the school ministry in Toronto. They get him to come and share the school every every school. And this guy, if you ever want to look him up, like he's just got such a father heart. He's, I'm sure he's on YouTube, but he's got, I think it's called Father Heart Ministries. Uh, if you look up his website, it's got tons of different teaching materials, podcasts, YouTube videos, all that kind of stuff. But like this guy just gives out the father's heart like, like crazy. Like I think within the first five minutes of him looking at me, I was just weeping and weeping and weeping. He just because I could just feel God's love through that. And for me, never experiencing before, it's just like, what is this crazy feeling? Um, but he just has this amazing heart. Uh, so if you haven't heard of him, look him up because he's got some great teachings on the Father Heart, all right? So I just wanted to start off with, with talking about uh, my relationship with my parents, just to give you guys a little bit of uh, groundwork of where I'm coming from. When, it, when I'm talking about the Father's heart. So for me, I was raised, you know, in what I would say is a normal home. My parents, they weren't very, like, aggressive parents or anything like that. So when I, like, if I messed up, they weren't the parents that would yell at me or get really upset with me. Uh, but it was more or less for me with my struggle growing up was that they never showed me that they, they loved me very much. So, you know, sadly to say, I can't remember a time growing up where I'd be like, I remember them saying that they loved me. Right, I can't remember a time when, you know, really when they would hug me or you know, show me any sort of affection, right? Uh, which is which is a problem, don't you think? And so, back when I was a kid, I never thought anything of it. It wasn't until I was an adult that I started to think about those kind of things. And I was just like, as a father now, I was just like, yeah, you know, I definitely want to show my kids affection. Getting the father's revelation, I definitely want to show my kids affection. Um, so. That was one of the big things with, with my parents. I just never really felt that, you know, that close relationship, right? Our relationship was very distant, okay? And so now I don't want to make my parents sound bad. I love my parents. They're, they're amazing. And why I'm telling you this is because, like, for them, their relationship with their parents was just, like, how they raised me, right? So they raised me as best as they, they knew how to, Right? They, their parents never showed them affection. Their parents never, you know, spent that quality time with them. They never gave them hugs and stuff like that. So again, like, it was this domino effect of what happens. You know, you're raised, your kids, probably how you've been raised, right? And thankfully for me, um, you know, going to the school ministry and getting healing from, getting freedom from those past hurts, you know, I can now raise my kids with more of God's love, Right? So I'm very, very thankful for that. Um, but as I go through his message, I don't want anybody to think that I'm, you know, I'm on, I want to honor my, my parents today, right? And, you know, again, they are amazing, but again, they just did the best that they can. Okay? So let's get into our first verse here. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Romans 8, 14 through 16. And I'll read it for you guys here, but I'll just give you a second to pull it up. All right, so... For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you receive God's Spirit 
when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father, for for his spirit joins our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. So for me, growing up, when I became, or I, I grew up in the Catholic Church, and so for me, my relationship with God was always, God's way over here, and I'm way on the other side of the room. Our relationship, for me, was always so distant. I always felt like God was just like looking down at me, pointing his finger at me whenever I messed up. And, you know, he was the judging one, right? Jesus was always the loving one, right? I always looked at Jesus. He loves me. Yep. But God was always that one that's just like, Adam, you can do better. You're not good enough. You know, that was my perception. And how did I get that perception? Was generally... We look at God how we look at our fathers, right? So if we have an angry father, we're generally going to look at God as an angry heavenly father. You know, for me, I felt like I had to earn my parents' love. I had to earn my father's love. So that's where I felt like I had to earn God's love. So, my, again, my relationship with my parents was, wasn't close, so we were far away. So that's how I viewed my relationship with God was, was distant, right? But in that verse, what God really speaks to me about is that we get to call him Abba Father. You know, I I knew people that would go to the school ministry in Toronto before I went, and they would come back and they would call God Papa and Daddy, and it was just like, it drove me crazy. You know, can anybody relate? I'm not the only one, I hope. But like, honestly, I, I hate it to admit it. I like never admitted it to anybody because that would be bad, right? But it just, honestly, it like... Boom, it really drove me crazy. And because um, I would be like, how can you call God Papa Daddy when all I would think of what is my father, right? And how much he's disappointed me and how like our failures, right? Uh, but then God's just like, but Adam, I want you to call me Abba Father. I want that close personal relationship with you, right? And Abba is the most intimate form of, of Daddy, right? And that's what God wants us to call him. And all of a sudden, I started thinking about this, and God starts breaking me down. And I was just like, oh, my goodness, you, you are close. You know, it was just this switch in my head that he is a close God, and he wants me to call him Daddy and Papa, right? So it was my jealousy, obviously, that I couldn't call him that, and that's what was bothering me. But God started to break down this jealousy in me and started to show me that that's the relationship he wanted with me, Right? And so if you go back into Genesis, into the garden, Genesis 3.8, it's like Adam and Eve, they walked with God in the garden, right? So Genesis 3.8, you know, they've sinned at this point. They hear God, they hide, but they heard God walking. So obviously it sounds like they've done this before, amen, right? They've had this close relationship with God. So they knew the sound, and that's what God intended our relationship to be, was to be walking in the garden together, right? Not this far off distant relationship. And so I want to ask you guys, what's, what's your perception of God today? You know, do you look at Jesus as that, the loving one, but God's the, the judging one? And I'd love to say that, like, for me, God just highlighted again to me like a few weeks ago, because it was something I had so ingrained in me, and I've had revelation on it. But I was just, as I was working on my message, he's like, Adam, you're kind of falling back into that, that mindset again. And I'm, like, trying to hold back my tears, you know, I'm just like, God, no, like, but he would start to show me all these areas in my life where I'm, like, I kept saying with my words, Jesus is loving, Jesus is loving, and I never really referred to God as the loving one. 
And so God started to remind me of all those areas. And, you know, I had to come to terms that I started to fall back into that trap, right? But God wants this close personal relationship with each and every one of us. Uh, so this is my, my big verse for the day, my big scripture. We're going to read it all uh, because it's just so good. So Luke 15, verse 11 to 32. Everybody still with me? Yes, we're good? All right. So it's the, the prodigal son, okay? To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them the story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want a share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, his, sons pa- his son packed up all of his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all of his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him to the fields to work with the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home even the hired servants have enough food to spare, and even here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both you and heaven, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and when he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to his father, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the, to the servant, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring on his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast, for the son of mine was dead and is now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard the music and dancing in the house. And he asked one of his servants, what's going on? Your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him, but he replied, all these years I have slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to do. And in all that time, he gave me even, you never gave me even one goat for a feast with my friends. Yet this son of yours comes back and squanders all your money on prostitutes. You celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, look, dear son, you have always stayed by me, and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day, for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, and now he's found. So there's going to be a few parts that we want to break down in this. And so starting off with with the younger son, right? He's asking for his inheritance right away. Right? The inheritance is what you get after your father dies. Right? But he pretty much tells his father, he's like, Father, I don't love you, but I want my money. And thinking about like being a father, I'd be like, ouch. That hurts, don't you think? That's like that's really, really hard to hear. 
your son that you love is just like, Dad, give me my money. I want to get going. So the father, you know, gives him half of what he owes him, right? Doesn't try to talk him out of it or anything like that, right? Doesn't say anything like that, but gives him what he wants. Doesn't try to talk him out of leaving or anything like that. Let's his son go. And his son loses all the money, right? His son's just like, what am I doing? He comes back repentant, right, which is amazing, okay? And then in the text, it says that the father sees his son coming way off in the distance. Is it just a coincidence that the father just happens to be standing by the door or by the window and sees his son way off? Probably not, right? He's probably been there every chance he gets, hours and hours waiting for his son to come back, waiting to see him. You know, day after day, hour after hour, as much as he can, he's waiting for his son's return. And what I love about the story, because uh, I like to think of myself as a father, and what I would do is I'd probably sit down in my, my nice comfy chair and wait for my kids to come in and like kind of beg at my feet, you know, be like, I'm going to make them work to get back into my household, right? But thankfully, that's not the story, right? Um, he runs out, right? He's probably in good shape then, right? He runs out meets him down the road, and what does he do? He throws his arms around him. Throws his arms around him, kisses his son. Doesn't make him, like, you know, beg at his feet or anything like that, right? You know, and so his son starts to say, Father, you know, I've sinned against heaven, I've sinned against you. But then his father cuts him off. His father doesn't even let him finish his little plea, Right? The youngest son there, he had to plead the big thing he was going to say to his father, but he doesn't even let him finish it. He's already so full of compassion, so full of love that he's just like, servant, go get me the best robe in the house, which is probably his robe, right? The father's robe. Go get me the best robe in the house. Put a ring on his finger. Put sandals on his feet. Let's kill the fattened calf. We're going to have a celebration, right? He's so full of love and compassion for his son that he's just so excited to have him back home. And so they go out and they do that, right? And so they have this big celebration. And then next thing you know, the oldest son comes back from working in the fields, right? And the oldest son is just like, I'm not going in there. He was angry, it says. So angry, he wouldn't go in and join the party, okay? And so I can relate to, to both sides, the youngest son and the, the older son here. Um, so the oldest son, he's so angry, he's not joining the party. The father hears that he's not joining, so his father, what? He goes out and talks to him, right? And again, to show you the father's heart, how does he handle the situation? He goes out there and just like smacks his son around, like get rid of this awful attitude? No. What does he do? He listens to the cry of the oldest son's heart. He listens to his plea, right? He's not like, what are you doing? What are you thinking? He listens to him. God listens to us even when we don't have the greatest of attitudes, right? He's not there giving us these disapproving looks, but he listens to us, even though it's ridiculous sometimes, right? Not just me again, I hope, but he listens to us. And so... Youngest son, oldest son, the father's not looking down at them. 
He's not like giving them this like disapproving look. He's not pointing his finger at them. He's not giving them a shake. You know, he is a compassionate father, right? And so with the older son, the older son was trying to, he was, he's like, I worked every day for you. I obeyed everything you've asked me to do, right? The oldest son was trying to strive to earn the father's love, trying to earn that relationship with his father, okay? And that's where my story comes in of me trying to earn my, my father's love too. I, uh, when I was a kid, I pretty much would sleep, eat, go to school, and play baseball, okay? And if I wasn't playing baseball, I was watching baseball. And so thankfully, back when I was a kid, I didn't have cable and satellite and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I didn't watch too much baseball because we had like those two channels. And the Toronto Blues days would only be playing at home. And those are the only times you'd get the games. And I think, thankfully, my parents probably didn't tell me all the times I played because I didn't watch that much. But I got to be really good at baseball. And why did I get to be really good at baseball? Because that's when I felt like my father loved me the most. You know, I would be... I'd be like playing baseball, and again, I, I was good, so I didn't strike out too, too much, you know. But when I did strike out, my dad wasn't that type of person that would yell at me or look disappointed in me. He still had this joyous look on his face, like he was just having the best time of his life. But that was addicting for me as a kid because I didn't get that at home. You know, I didn't get that feeling from him when he just came home from work or, you know, waking up in the morning, right? But he was so excited to see me play baseball, right? And so that's what I worked towards. I, like, I'm going to be the best baseball player I can be or the best basketball player I'm going to be because that's when, again, I felt his love. I felt his support. Uh, when I got older, it came into jobs, right? I'm not going to talk too much about jobs with the university students. I don't want you guys starting to think about that stuff yet, you know? Um, but honestly, though, I had a, a pretty good job working at a fitness center, and I was getting paid mediocre, right? Which, but I loved the job because I was in an environment that I really, really liked, right? But for my dad, he's like, Adam, you're not making enough money. And I'm just like, Dad, don't tell me that. No, I didn't say that. But it's just like, he put that pressure on me quite a bit of like, you need to get a job at the factory because he's like, you're going to make double what you make. And I'm like, yes, I know more money can be good, but eventually I did get a job there. I did get a job at the factory, but I also kept working at the gym because that's what I really enjoyed doing. Uh, but it tore me apart. Like literally, I was a, a happy, joyful person and working there, I was just exhausted all the time. But I did it because I was trying to please my dad. I was trying to earn that love from him. I was trying to, I wanted to feel that he really was proud of me, you know, really loved me, right? So I was willing to try it. Uh, but, you know, I kind of failed at it pretty bad, okay? And so we can try to earn, earn, earn his love, and that's what the older son was doing, but his heart was so far from the father's heart. And so I'm going to bring up Amy here. She can uh, relate to the oldest son, too. Uh, so she's just going to share a little bit, and it's always good hearing some different stories uh, about better walk. Yes, yeah, so I was just going to share a bit on the older son. So um, a while ago um, when I went to school of ministry and I heard the prodigal son, God clearly said to me, Amy, you are like the older son. And I realized that I had gotten saved from, you know, four years old up, but I had always been trying to earn it 
I'd always had that slave mentality of, um, I've got, I've got to be loved. I've got to do this all of the time. And uh, I remember when um, the Father Heart Week happened at school, and I was laying on the floor crying, and God showed me how, like, my sister got a lot more affection than I did. Um, and I would always thought I was not loved as much, but God showed me how my sister sought out affection all the time. And he's like, you've always had my affection, but you've never come to me for it. And it was this big revelation for me of that older son who had everything that his father had, but he was too afraid to take a hold of it. And he kept working for his dad and working for his dad. And that was me. For years and years, I was, I was very judgmental, and I was always striving to be good enough for God and all of this and felt like, you know, even tattoos, I was like, no, at the time, God's changed me so much. But I was so like anything, you know, very religious, basically. It's, it's choosing religion over relationship, and I didn't even know it. And so it was out of that place of striving and performance to be loved. And God began to break down my walls and being like, you have it already. You're loved as you are. You don't need to perform for it. And just releasing me of that burden, you know, over time until it was just like, all you want is me. And I'm just going to give you me and you're going to make something beautiful out of me instead of I'm going to try to be beautiful for you. I'm going to try to be good enough. And, and instead of waiting for you to come and love me, I'm going to come and say, here I am, and he's already there. And so that's what really my verse became, you know, come close to God and he will come close to you. And that was a big breakthrough for me. Yeah, it's um, being at the School of Ministry, we had this mini outreach, right? So we went to Morrisburg, Morrisburg, I think it's called, right? Something like that. Anyways, a small little town, like four hours away from Toronto, and one of the there was a, one of the guys that just left here for to go on missions. He was from that church anyways. But first time I spoke on the Father Heart was at that church. And I felt great. I, thought, I was like, oh, I did awesome. I felt God. Like, you know, Adam, you rocked it. Um, but there's issues with that. I come back to the school of ministry, like, you know, three days later, and I'm on the ground weeping because I'm just like, God, I did so bad. I'm like... Because I got this new revelation of just how much he loves me as a child. And I'm just like, I didn't do your, I didn't do that sermon justice, you know. I didn't do a good enough job preaching that sermon. And in the midst of me speaking of it, I'm dealing with these performance issues still. And I'm just like, come on. I thought I had this, like, dealt with. You know, I'm talking on this. Like, it should be perfect right now, right? But I'm not. All right? I'm not perfect, and God's still, like, dealing with me with that, I think, maybe. Um, but anyways, though, even when I was talking about it, I was still dealing with performance. All right? So going to Matthew 3, 17, um, Jesus gets baptized from John the Baptist, right? The heavens open up, and they hear this voice. And it says, the voice says, this is my son whom I love, and I'm fully pleased with him. So Jesus wasn't in his full-time ministry yet, right? Jesus is about to be launched in his full-time ministry. And so it wasn't about the ministry. It's not about what Jesus has done. But God's like, this is my son whom I love and I am fully pleased with. The heart of every person, the heart of every child 
is to hear those words from their father. To know that your father is so proud of you. Not because of what you do, not because of how many home runs you hit, but because you're you. Right? It's the heart within all of us is to know that you are loved. And I fought those words for years. You know, when my parents got divorced when I was 14, I was just like, I can do everything on my own. You know, I'm 14 years old, I'm getting a job. You know, once I get my driver's license, I'm gone, right? But it doesn't work quite like that. So I spent so many years thinking I could do everything on my own. And I fought those words strongly that I don't need anybody. But as I got older and God started to speak to me, I'm like, I was a mess. I was just like, that's exactly what I didn't have. And that's exactly what I needed to hear is that I'm loved and that my father's proud of me. And that's why we're so passionate about knowing our true identity as sons and daughters, right? Because maybe you didn't have that growing up either, but God's always been there with you, and that's how he views you, right? He wants that Abba-son, Abba-daughter relationship. He wants that father-daughter, father-son relationship where you guys are just like this, right? And he's proud of you no matter what. His love is unconditional, okay? He loves you when you're singing crazy in the shower, right? Or you're acting silly or doing whatever. He loves you, right? And when we're trying to earn his love, it's just, you set the bar here, right? And it's just never good enough. So it's just like, I'm going to refer to reading our Bibles, okay? So it's just like, you know, Adam, you can read the Bible. I feel like I should read the Bible 10 minutes a day. Awesome, I'm feeling good. God loves me. You know, I'm reading the Bible, right? That's a good thing. All of a sudden, after a couple of days, it's like, oh, God would love me more if I read it for half an hour. Wouldn't he, right? God would love me more if I did more. That's why I start thinking, you know? And so I start reading a half hour every day. This is good. A couple of days later, I'm less like, God would love me even more if I read it for an hour, wouldn't he? Right? I got to up this. I got to get serious here. God would love me even more if I read my Bible for an hour every day. So I start to do that. I start reading for an hour every day. Oh, God really loves me now. I'm good. I'm like in his good books now, right? And then all of a sudden after a couple days, that's not good enough, right? So when we're dealing with performance and striving, we're setting that bar way up here. And all of a sudden that bar gets so high that it's, you just can't maintain it. It's unattainable, right? Because you're feeling like you have to keep doing more and more and more to earn his love. But thankfully, we're here today saying that that's not true, right? That his love is unconditional. We just need to be us. And so it's a free gift. Once we accept God into our life as our Lord and Savior, we get this, this free gift of his unconditional love. And how do we receive it? just by opening up our hands and receive. So this was another big struggle for me. It's a free gift. That word free. Red lights go off in my head. I'm like, free? There must be some sort of catch there. There must be some fine print. I'm looking in my Bible. I'm looking for this fine print. No, I didn't do that. But again, like I hear the word free, and I'm thinking there's something, there's a catch here, right? And I struggled with, with dealing with receiving. I had friends, like, when I was at the gym, they were eating pizza out on the, like, the gym, or not in the gym, but outside the gym, and I'm, like, starving on a Friday night, 
and they come and offer me a piece of pizza because they have lots. And I'm like, no, sorry, I'm hungry, but I'm not going to take it. I can't take anything. i got to earn it. I'm like, if I help pay for it, then yes, I could, I could have some of your pizza, right? I had such issues with that. I just could not sit there and be like, all right, I'm just going to take this right now. Okay? And it wasn't until um, going to the school ministry again, and I was in this conference, and um, I was in the ministry lines. And if you've ever been in Toronto, they have these ministry lines. So I'm there. I'm just waiting to be prayed for. And all of a sudden, somebody comes and prays for me. I don't know who it was. And I, and I fall down to the ground, and I go to get up, but I couldn't get up. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. I've heard stories like this. This isn't happening to me, though. And I'm like, God, this is not happening here, but I cannot get up. And Amy comes by me. She's like, what's going on? I'm like, I just can't get up. And I'm like trying to lift my head up. I am working hard to get up because I am not going to be down on the ground and not be able to get up. And so she's like, oh, just, just lay there, you know, just receive. I'm just like, no, I'm getting up. And so my small group leader, he comes over eventually too because he noticed that I've been down on the ground for a while. So he's just like, what's going on, right? Like making sure I'm okay. And I'm like, yeah, I'm all right, you know. I'm kind of stuck to the floor right now, but I'm just like, I don't know what to do. He's just like, just receive. And so I needed a couple people to come talk to me in order for me to be like, Adam, just lay there. And that's what I felt God say. When I actually finally, like, well, God, what are you saying right now? When I actually heard him say, like, Adam, all you need to do is rest. Just rest. Just receive right now. You don't need to do anything right now. But just receive what I have for you. It wasn't until that moment that I finally had a big breakthrough with my striving and performing, right? I'd like to say it just completely went away. It didn't completely go away, but it was extremely better, you know? And I have more stories with performance. So that happened afterwards, but I'm not going to get into it. But again, like, it was a journey of going through it, right? And it's still something I'm very, I try to watch today that I don't start falling into those habits, you know? So you just need to receive the Father's love, right? You just need to accept it, receive it. So, of course, there's, there's hindrances sometimes, though, right? Uh, so I wrote down a few things that were, that were big for me. And forgiveness, unforgiveness, all right? I held a lot of bitterness towards my parents, a lot of bitterness towards my dad and my mom. And so that was a big hindrance for me to be able to receive God's love because I had such a bitterness towards my parents for never being there for me that that's how I viewed God, right? So I had to walk through this journey of forgiving them. You know, you take time and like, okay, I'm just going to pray right now. And like, God, just bring up things that I need to, to deal with, right? And slowly but surely, you start to bring up things and there has been a restoration of, of my relationship with, with my parents. And thankfully now, my dad and I are very close and, you know, we used to, or like, maybe more lately, it's been a little bit longer. But for a long time, though, like, we couldn't go more than a few days without talking to each other. Uh, and, you know, I hate to admit this, but I went through a stage with my parents where I really didn't care what happened to them. You know, it breaks my heart now to know that's how I felt. But to be totally open with you guys and be vulnerable with you guys, I went through this big stage when I was 14, 15. I was just like, you know, if something bad was to happen, I, I wouldn't have cared. You know, and that breaks my heart today to think of that. Um, but that's just how much, that's how hurt I was. And that's where I am today, right? And thankfully today, you know, my relationship with Emma is a lot, a lot better, right? 
Uh, so forgiveness is, is a big thing. And sometimes we have these big wounds from our parents. Sometimes we have these small wounds from our parents. But no matter what, if they're big or small, those wounds can take time, right? They can be a process. Um, ungodly beliefs, so believing lies. So for me, I was just like, I'm a burden to everybody. That's a, a lie I believed. No one loves me. Nobody cares about me. So when my parents divorced, I went through this big kind of thing that I'm just a burden to every single person. Nobody cares about me. Nobody loves me. And, you know, I'm too messed up, right? So coming to, to God, I'm just, I'm just too messed up. I've had too many problems in my past, you know? So I just felt so unlovable. Uh, but so dealing with ungodly beliefs, what should you do with them, right? You want to speak the truth over those ungodly beliefs. So good thing that I always did is always write them down on a piece of paper and then beside that ungodly belief I'd write a godly belief in the truth of what God speaks over that lie and then back it up with a verse so first John 3 1 God loves to lavish his love onto his kids so it'd be like if I'm not if I don't feel like I'm loved God loves me first John 3 1 God loves to lavish his love onto his children that's one of my my favorite verses I always like write it down in my books whenever I get a new journal. First John 3, 1. First John 3, 1. You know, I am his child and he loves to lavish his love on to me. Okay, so those ungodly beliefs, write them down. Beside them, put what God says about it. Okay, put the truth in there. And then the third thing was that striving and performing, right? I had to earn God's love like I had to earn my father's love. So needing freedom from that. And that's what we want to spend time with today. So I'm going to get John to put on some, some music in the back here, um, just as we go into some prayer and stuff like that. Uh, but I also just wanted to give you another verse, too. It's in um, 1 John 4, 16. God is love, all right? God is love. And in, and in um, I was going to say Colossians, not Colossians, how about Genesis, where we're creating God's image. So we were created to be loved, all right? You were created to be loved, and you were created to love others, okay? So as you get the Father's love, as you get filled up with the Father's love, you therefore can take that love to your family, to your friends, to your children, to Aunt Cindy, to Uncle Bob, right? You can spread that love. You can spread that love to Clinton, maybe, or Seaforth, all right? Way out there in the sticks. Um, but he wants us to take that love and spread it to the world, right? Okay? So I'm going to get you guys to stand up. And I just want you to close your eyes. And just open up your hands today. And I don't know where each and every one's at. I don't know, you know, your relationship with your parents or anything like that. But I want to give you guys just a couple of minutes. Uh, we just want to walk through some forgiveness here first. Because again, if you're holding on to bitterness towards your father, your mother, again, that can be a big blockage there. We just want to give God a chance just to, just to bring up anything that you need to just forgive right now. And as Holy Spirit brings up stuff, I want you just to say, I'm going to choose to forgive my father for that. Just ask Holy Spirit right now, is there anything there that I, that I need to forgive? Any hindrance there?
And again, just take the next couple of minutes just to where you're standing, just quietly do that. hurts from the past from our from our fathers and our mothers father I had to forgive my dad for just not being there for me when I needed him for not showing me the affection that I needed as a child for not giving me that hug when I need it just release and we choose just to forgive them and release them to you today Jesus and just as you're praying there too and if you fall into this situation where you maybe your father's not around or, or whatnot, I just encourage you later on today just to, to write a letter as if you're having a conversation with your father, just releasing them, forgiving them. And after you get to the end, just as you after you release them, just to rip that letter up and, and burn it. I've seen people do that, and I've seen amazing freedom come from those kind of situations. So if you're standing there or sitting there this morning, you're like, well, my father's not around but I have these unforgiveness things that I, that I want to deal with. And Father, we just speak to everyone's hearts here today, God, that you are a father to the fatherless. God, that we don't need to, to strive or to work to earn your love, Jesus, to earn your love, Papa we can just stand here with open arms and just accept your free gift this morning. It doesn't matter how bad that past is, how much we've messed up, but it's a free gift. So Father, I pray right now that you would just come and people just feel how close you are right now. I break off that lie that as we mess up, you get further away from us. But you're always close. You're always there, even when we mess up. 
even when we mess up, God, you are close. You are not distant. So I also wanted to open it up to if you guys want to to come up for extra prayer this morning if you feel like God's been been distanced or felt like a couple of things where, you know, again, maybe this is new for you. You've never experienced, you've never felt that love from the Father. Um, and it's something you, you know you need. You've never had that. I'm fully pleased with you feeling. I want you to come up this morning and receive prayer, um, but also just to go deeper and have a new experience with the Father this morning. I feel like there's a, a release for that this morning, of just a new encounter with Him. So this, if you want to come up and receive more prayer this morning, I encourage you to do so. Maybe striving performance has been something that you've struggled with. Again, come up. We want to just break that off. We want freedom here this morning. Um, but also, too, if you feel like you just need to stand where you are right now or sit where you are if you want to find a different spot in here and just take that time with God right now and just receive, right? Just receive. Okay, guys? So I'm going to release you guys again. Come up if you want some extra prayer this morning. We can take the time. There's no rush, okay? I want everybody just to have a new encounter with the Father this morning. A fresh encounter that we all know that we're sons and daughters and that you are loved more than you will ever know. All right, so I just bless you guys. Amen.